Hi, welcome. This is a, a leadership collaboration series uh, with my uh, colleague uh, Nancy Halpern all the way in New York. Uh, we call it Leadership Lessons uh, from Across the Pond. And uh, Nancy and I tackle uh, key leadership challenges on a weekly basis uh, via LinkedIn Live. Uh, these could be sort of current to the context we're in and some will be sort of evergreen challenges. And we wanted to share our two very different perspectives on solving these leadership challenges. Do enjoy. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to uh, Leadership Lessons from Across the Pond with myself, Julian Roberts, and my co-host, Nancy Halpern. Um, this is our first episode, so we just want to let you know uh, what the purpose of this series is. Uh, Nancy and I will be tackling key leadership challenges on a weekly basis. Um, and these could be current to the context we're right in right now, or they could be challenges that are more evergreen throughout sort of leadership. And we want, wanted to share our two very different perspectives on solving these leadership challenges. And um, I want you to encourage you to, to really join in the conversation uh, and let us know where you are and if any questions you may have. And we'll endeavor to try and answer those questions if we get time. So today's challenge, and it's very relevant in our time that we're living in right now. And it's all about performance reviews. Um, how do we deliver them not only effectively remotely, but in a context of the last 12 months of uh, COVID-19? Um, has the criteria for great performance changed? And how do you observe people's reactions if you're not in the same room? So, Nancy, what are your considerations on all this? Well, Julian, that's not fair. That's, those are stacking questions. You asked three of them. That's, that's <laughs> really way too hard to answer. But when I was thinking about these questions, what came to my mind was anxiety and how we, even though performance reviews happen every year, no matter what job you're in or what company you're at or what industry is yours, they come every year and yet you're anxious about them every year. And so especially this year when there's a lot of free floating anxiety about COVID and our economies, how can you dial it down? So one thing that I thought of is that as a leader, invite your people during the performance review to talk about accomplishments outside of the regular metrics. Mm. How did they do this year? What do they feel good about? And it might be something just like, I learned how to homeschool, or I managed to keep my team engaged with nobody falling off the cliff. But I think that kind of conversation makes a connection that's more difficult to make remotely. Mm. It also reminds your people about you as a leader, caring about being a human leader. So I think that's a new kind of flavor or dimension that would really help. What do you mm. think about that? No, I really like that. And it's interesting because I had a thought, actually, we need to think differently in how we evaluate people in the last 12 months, you know, in terms of those metrics that we all get given, you know, the KPIs, the the mm -hmm. smart objectives, all very number, 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 numbers. And and that's, 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 that's fine. But, you know, 12 months ago was fine. But COVID has just literally wipe them and change the goalposts and i think we need to think differently and like you were saying i think a bit, br bit broader you, you're thinking more about outsider work i was thinking more about how we could think about how people as growth and learning has, has, has sort of um, changed over the last 12 months and 
not be so transactional. And this is quite quite difficult to measure, but some of the things I was thinking of, thinking about how can you, you know, whether somebody's empathy is, has increased or the resilience or the capacity to adapt and or, or you've seen them be more supportive of others and teamwork in and start to look at broader ways of evaluating them as opposed to just on the sort of they've hit some numbers. I, I think actually you and I are on the same plane on this, um, which is surprising, but <laughs> you know, I'm not as much focused on maybe what they did personally, although that's good to fold in if it's appropriate, mm. but also you say, did they develop someone on their team? Uh, did they add something that wasn't in one of those boxes? Because I think one of the things people hate about their performance reviews is that it feels sort of like a bureaucratic exercise that they just have to get through. But, you know, what if it really were a conversation about qualities and about um, what's happened during this time on the team or mm. maybe about your own leadership? You know, the other thing that I was thinking about is that performance reviews really have these two halves, right? There's, there's the past, the year that we just finished, and there's the future. And usually they're very weighted to the past. But what if this year, to deliver them more effectively, you spent a good chunk of the time talking about the future. And as the leader, if you can engage your person actually in what your own goals are and how their objectives mm. and goals overlap with your objectives and goals, and that actually helps the organization as a whole. Because I'm not sure that leaders typically make it clear how much their own success is dependent upon their people's success and mm. vice versa. So I'd like to see in the performance reviews this year that are really done well, more of that kind of partnership in the future casting. Yes. And I agree. And I think it's it's about, it is that partnership where you're trying to, I suppose the intent really with a performance review is not about judging somebody and saying where you've gone wrong and you're not very good at this or he didn't hit that. It's a, it is about the future. It is about how can I help you become better how can i help you become a greater performer and by you becoming a great performer in my team my team performs better our organizations perform better and i think you're right i think that the focus and i know i was in one organization where they they got it down to almost one page as opposed to reams of pages to make it less anxious as well to make it a little bit more concise and i think they they almost we got to a place where we almost the top third was historical as in review of the last year and the bottom two thirds which i think gave the the sort of mindset of approach was what are the goals development goals uh, what are the training what are, what are the, the future and i think that focus tilt needs to be brought in so how, how do you think in terms of just going back to that whole piece on looking at the wider piece of yeah. uh, measuring people outside of work or measuring resilience how might we do that? Do you think? I mean, they're quite—I say we're fluffy, but they're quite diff quite subjective, aren't they? In terms of measures. Yeah, that's really tough. You know, I think we get asked these kinds of questions all the time. How do you measure something that isn't linked to a quantitative figure? Mm. And I think the best way is to think of it as a delta. What has changed? What has shifted? Yeah. What's observable? What mm. have I heard? Because those really are measurements, right? Those are metrics. Mm. How how, how have you solved that problem for other people? Yeah, no, I, I've done the same with you. I've used that view of, of scaling, saying to people on a scale of one to 10. And 
and it may appear arbitrary, but it, at least if you can say where people are at and, and what got you to that position, what sort of evidence has got you to say that somebody's capacity to change is an eight. And, and then you just had two or three things that say, oh, well, they did this in this situation. They went went home. They adapted really well. They got into, into developing with, with their clients in a remote context. So the key thing is looking for evidences, but it, right. it's a bit more... I suppose, wordy in that context. It's not a little single number, although it's good to have a number, which might be a, a scale, but it's having those words of evidence. And I think that's and that, that's where it becomes a really conversation, doesn't it? It becomes a real yep. uh, debate and a chat. And I've often had reviews of teams I've worked with and said, you know, tell me the evidence. Not that I, I want you to prove it, but almost I want you to share with me, you know, what's your evidence that you you adapted and, and get them to think about and, it as well. Yeah, I think that's a very fair request. So I have something for you that was just brought up to me by a client these past couple of weeks, that two challenges. One, how much of a COVID discount is there right now in a performance review? You know, are we cutting people some slack given the difficulty of the year? And how do you know how much is the right amount? And the second is, what do you think, Julian, of someone who asks you to do part of the performance review outside of the system? Meaning, you know, they want to have a serious conversation about the performance, but they don't necessarily want it all on the document. What are your thoughts about those two? Things? I have my own ideas, but I want to hear what yeah, you no, no. I, I think for me, it goes back to I think we need to evaluate different things apart from just the numbers. And I think one of the ways we can do that is making sure that um, these reviews are done or, or the review of the review are done with team leaders and there's elements of um, consistency and of approach and style and in terms of and judgment as well. Mm. You know, almost if I've got a team of eight people and somebody else who's similar to me as a team leader or a leader, we, we review each other's and try and create this, almost highlight any blind spots, but also create a bit of a consistent message of what we're trying to do. And I think that becomes more fair rather than just being focused on just the numbers. Um, and sorry, what was the last thing you, you shared about? Oh, about the person, either the COVID discount or the person who wants to get feedback outside of the reported review. Yeah, I think the COVID discount, I think... I, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a COVID discount. I just call it a different evaluation. That, that, that's how I would, I would set it. It's not about, and but as long as it's done, say, corporately together, in a sense that we're all working the same way, and that's why reviewing each other, almost peer type of reviewing. Um, and then in terms of outside of it, I think it's good to have those conversations outside of it. I think it's good to be healthy in terms of not everything onto a piece of paper because it's an ongoing thing, and people perceive just a performance review as a one-year a conversation is not it's a, it's an ongoing conversation so yeah well i have a slightly different perspective on this it might be because i know the people involved i think that the company announced you should be kind on the performance reviews because of covid but i think it depends on the intent and the historical performance of that person you know mm -hmm. you have to know your people if you know someone legitimately, yeah, you don't want to be hard on them. This year was a really tough year. But if you know the person is maybe using it as an excuse, then I think you can't always 
excuse a performance by something. So I think you do have to, as a leader, you have to calibrate and nuance, I think, as you yes. say, yeah. your feedback, right? I don't think it's sort of a, a blanket get out of jail free kind of card. I hope that doesn't sound too mean. But the, and the other example, um, I don't really agree with you on that one because uh, I think it, it depends on intent. If the person asking you for that doesn't want critical feedback in their review, and so therefore they're hoping it's not reflected in the official document. That's, mm, you know, I'm not, it depends on that feedback. If it's real performance feedback, no. If it's something that's highly personal, absolutely, I think we should, we should respect people's privacy. Mm. But again, not as a way to get out of sort of dealing with difficult information in a way that's important to document. Yeah, I suppose I'm not saying I think if, if things need to be put down in terms of the our performance, whether that's poor or good performance, it needs to be noted. But I, I think it's a consideration of empathy. And I say I, I don't put everything onto a single performance review every year. I've always said it's right. an ongoing conversation. I, you know, it's I've we've all had those bosses where you turn up once a year and have a performance review and you're thinking Yeah, it's like know, right. Are you isn't this the same one you gave me last year? Because you were never here anyway. By the way, did I tell you that I was once hired by a very senior partner in a very big consulting company, I shall not name, to write the performance reviews for his people because he couldn't be bought? I didn't even know these people. He gave me their previous reviews and he said, wow. you know, you know, Nancy, the reason I have to do this is I care too much about them. And it would just take me hours because I'd be so thoughtful about what I'm writing. So I need you to do it for me with no thought whatsoever and I'll pay you. Isn't that terrible? That is terrible. That really is terrible. And, I thought uh, I thought so. Yes, we should. I say we should be continually having a, 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 a challenge or an interaction with our, our team all the time. And so nothing becomes a surprise. Nothing's yes. a big thing. You tackle things head on as you go with the flow and help people, support people continually. It's not a one-off um, performance. It's good to document it. It really is good and have those moments. And that. I'm just thinking, just before we, we come into an end in a moment, what, what are some practical ways of doing this currently where people are remotely? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think that you should try to ignore that it's remotely, if you know what I mean, because you can't, you're not in control of that. So I would try to pick a time that's good for both of you, like you usually would. I think all the same kind of rules apply. You know, do try to be in a very quiet space. I mean, the children and dogs are distracting, but in some ways it's kind of really rude when you're evaluating someone's performance to have that happen. So that's one thing. The second thing is if everybody's more comfortable on the phone, it might be a good thing to do on the phone instead of having to look at each other. It would be okay um, to do that. If it's a really difficult review, I think it needs to be on a Zoom so you can actually yes. see each other. Do you have any thoughts about it? Yeah, I think that as much as I know we're all a bit Zoom fatigued, um, I think the Zoom thing's quite important because it really demonstrates sort of the humane side of things. Um, I appreciate there may be moments where you just want to switch it off a, a little bit, perhaps just to sort of, yeah. you know, because I, I, you know, it could be well, hopefully not more than an hour. Really. I don't think you need to have longer than an hour. Um, no. But I, I think it's, you know, well prepared. Everybody's in advance of exactly what's going on, what, what the expectations are and a real opportunity for the 
your direct report to have a conversation and, and feedback themselves and not be the one just doing all the talking. I think it's really important. Um, but yes, definitely, uh, if you can get it into a Zoom, uh, would be ideal. Um, so now we, we are coming, as always, shooting towards the, the finish line here. Um, yes. Thank you. Thank you for your thoughts, Nancy. Thank you, um, Julian. Yes, uh, good debate there. And uh, anybody else? And we've had lots of comments which we've not had a chance to even look at yet. So I appreciate everybody feeding right. in. And I would continue to add any questions to uh, to this feed. And we'll see you uh, next Monday at the same time, which is 11 a.m. Eastern time and um, 4 p.m. Uh, UK GMT time. So uh, we'll see you next week. And thank you very much. And have a lovely week, everybody. Bye, Julian. Bye, Nancy. Thanks a lot.